Hey everyone, welcome back to the Speak Up Erica podcast. And in today's episode, I have my friend Sabria. Hi. Hey, Sabria. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing good. It's like, you know, the weekend, so I've been chilling. Yeah. How's um, you been? Yeah, I've been okay. I've been okay. Yeah. Getting by, you know, doing what we can. <laughs> um yeah Sabria and I met the I feel like I I feel like I should bring up how we met just because it's yeah no it brings context I love it yeah yeah um I don't know if your perspective is different of how we met but essentially we met through governor's ball and yeah at the water station and then after that day we every single summer or every time I'm in New York we just like message each other and hit each other up yeah and we just hang out and that's kind of how our friendship began which is kind of crazy yeah we like I don't remember what show we even saw together but I just remember um I I don't know I'm blanking on his name right now DJ DJ (laughs) yeah Cause he was, I don't. I was like, I don't know why I'm blinking out right now. I was like, it's something with a J. Um, he somehow, I guess, ended up talking to you guys, and then I was just there because we like met up for Charlie. I think was this t- 2017? Something like that. Yeah, it happened in 2017. Because yeah. I mean, I went in 2016, but Charlie wasn't there in 2016. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you're right. I think you're right. Um, yeah, you're with a crew. You're rolling deep. So I was like, yeah. let me tag along. <laughs> it was. Um, we were like under the influence and then that's why I started talking to you too to you and DJ and we were at the that's why we were at the water station because I was like I'm just so thirsty (laughs) so yeah and I just like I saw you too and I was like hey yo like what's up I love that no because it's like I'm usually the person that starts all the conversations and stuff so it's so nice I just had this random and I was like yes you're like me you just talk (laughs) that's so and funny. I don't know my thing is like if you meet someone and it's like good vibes and cool vibes it's like mm-hmm. like that's my mentality is like okay like if I meet you wherever and you're in my city I was like literally like let's hang out yeah I'm waiting for you to come out here in Toronto I know it's my turn it's my Kyle, turn like are we still out. banned are Americans still banned yeah, I th- I think I think people can travel actually but I think right now there's a lockdown for Canada. So honestly, I don't know anything about the travel restrictions at the moment. I know business, like business people can travel still. So I got to pretend I like. I'm here for business. basically. (laughs) (laughs) No, literally. (laughs) But it's not like we can do any like fun activities, I guess. Like go to the club or something as like when, when Charlene and I um, were in city. Yeah. When we went to New York with you. And you brought us to like all these clubs and stuff, remember? Oh, that's right. Yeah, yes. We, oh, we can't do the same. I, I totally forgot we did all that. Yeah. I try to remember what we did with Matt we, when you guys came that time. Happy hour. Yes, agave. I remember now. Oh, yeah. So and <laughs> we're like, okay, yo, we have to catch our, um, our bus. And we're like... <sighs> Yo, the drinks were so strong too. And then even Jackie was like, okay, yo, let's go get some shots because we had to go back to your place to pick up the <laughs> luggage. And she gave us this whole thing of vodka. I remember, or yes. I was like, what? yeah, because we were just like, we don't need this. Yeah. yeah. Everyone just, we're, there's always, there was always alcohol in that apartment. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was a fun time. Oh, um, so yeah, I, I guess that's our origin story. Yeah. That's what- <laughs> 
instead of like a villain story it's like a friendship story I know so cute um, but yeah, it, it just blows my mind sometimes knowing that you're not even in my city, like you're in New York. And I mean, like here in Canada, it's just so crazy. That you're way. in my dream. I mean, I'll talk about this later too. But Ooh. like you're in my dream and I forgot to text. Okay, it was okay, like yeah, super crazy. Yeah. Oh, tell me later. Okay. Yeah, just remind me. <laughs> okay. Um, so Bria, could you share with us, uh, I guess, a little bit about who you are? Yeah, for sure. Um, so my name is Sabria, obviously. <laughs> I grew up in Vegas, but I re- moved to New York when I um, was going to school. And uh, mental health was something that I was always kind of going through, but I never really realized what it was, especially I feel like if you come from like an immigrant um, background, like, you know, like my mom has dealt with was like a refugee with like crazy stuff and Mm -hmm. so there it's not like they're like oh you have PTSD oh you're anxious like you know that was just they lived life and that's how it was um and then also like I know you're not supposed to compare struggles but it's like at least I feel like on their end sometimes they look and they're like well I went through all this like why are you like why are you depressed what are you talking about yeah um and like sometimes I do get what they're saying but it's like you can't compare situations it's like it's like, for example, like eating disorders, right? Like, mm-hmm. I feel like eating disorders are not super prevalent in like, um, like in more of like poorer countries, just because it's like, you, you're not gonna have all that constant media. Mm-hmm. And I feel like if you're already kind of struggling with like food and stuff, like I do believe like a lot of these um, like disorders that kind of come through like um, na- uh, nurture versus like nature. Mm-hmm. Cause like in the U S think, for example, I feel like we have a, a lot of people um, like if I was looking for the U S Ethiopia, I feel like there's definitely more people with like an eating disorder in the U S just because it's like food is more accessible mm-hmm. and you have all this media on Instagram, uh, TV, yeah. all this stuff talking about, you know, Oh, diets. Oh, skinny, skinny, tummy feet tea or whatever it's called. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So true. All that stuff, commercials, models. Yeah. So it's like versus them, they're not accessing all that stuff. Um, I'm going on like a tangent for some reason. Oh yeah. But I guess I was just talking about like, you're different, how disorders aren't necessarily just from genetics. Like there's also kind of like a social component to it. Um, but anyways yeah back to when I was younger like I would have things like I never realized I had anxiety like I never realized like I would just all of a sudden junior year started having panic attacks and stuff and it was like really weird and I didn't I wasn't understanding like now looking back I'm like yeah I was kind of going through it Mm -hmm. (laughs) um and then I moved to New York and that was just like a big change because like and I feel like a lot of people feel like this where they're like I knew me I didn't really acknowledge my challenges in my head I was like okay well I'm only feeling this way being this way because I'm in like my hometown and I like grew up super strict and it's like I don't want to be here when I go to New York I'll be happy (laughs) and it's like yeah I definitely was happy but I feel like you know when you move to another place like your problems are still gonna follow you ultimately like yeah of course your surroundings can be negative but unless you get to the root of the problems like you're you're it's still going to come back to you and haunt you and then of course it ended up happening um when I was in New York and just I think in New York I it really makes you grow up super quickly like I feel like at, when I was 18 I kind of went through more than a bunch of other people um like not like we've I've like and I've had this conversation with my friends it's like if you go to school in the city like I don't know it just because you're always grinding you're always like trying to do an internship trying to like do a job or like you're in school and it's like 
all those things also can affect your like mental health. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so I guess we can just kind of that was kind of like a big long thing. But like, yeah. you know, I love it. Though. Basically, I grew up with like issues, didn't realize it. Moved to New York, realizing I was having th- these issues, and these issues are real. And ever since then, it's just me trying to figure it all out. Yeah. Thanks, Sabria. No, like yeah. I, I feel like growing up and like you talking about that moving to a different place might make you feel happier which you said it did in the short term and sometimes I think about like dang like I hate being at home I hate this and that like maybe if I move out maybe if I have a job maybe if I have a salary or something then I'll be happier will I be happier then but at the end of the day it's like you have to really battle what's inside before you can actually be happy yeah I love that though and like kudos to you on realizing it right <laughs> I'm still yeah. trying to work on it <laughs> yeah for real yeah it's all so, working progress yeah for sure um no but thanks for sharing um your like your journey I guess like well like the beginning of your, your yeah where you are <laughs> that was just a more condensed yeah, version of it yeah um and I guess like going off of that, I wanted to just bring up that our topic that we're going to be um, sharing today is about mental health, of course. And um, Sabria also shared on her social media before that we both wanted to talk about, which was about that gray area, which um, mm-hmm. I'll ask you to bring it up. And then also that like Black people being overlooked in terms of mental health as well in their own drama, trauma. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Maybe talking about that gray area, would you want to start there? Yeah, or- for yeah. sure. Um, um, so I've never really been a type of person um, to talk about my, I guess I just never really talk, like I don't hide it, but I've never on social media actually shared some of my struggles or like what I was bit, uh, going through. Like, it's funny, like my roommate, like, I don't know how it came up, but she was, I was like talking to someone. I was like, yeah, I take this stuff for bipolar. And she looks at me, she's like, wait, you're bipolar. And I'm like, we've been, I was like, you've been my friend for years. Yeah. It's like, what? So even though I feel like I'm open about it, I guess I realized like, no, so I guess I don't really actively share that much, but if it comes up, I'll like tell you. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess like the whole thing with quarantine, even you've inspired me. Like mm-hmm. I see everyone kind of going after doing their own side projects and stuff. And for me, I was just kind of like, well, also I was kind of going through a whole breakdown like earlier this year. <laughs> um, but the quarantine in itself has kind of taught me like, okay, maybe I should try to write more. Maybe I should try to um, do all the things that I said I wanted to do, but because of work or whatever, I always said I was too tired or like exhausted or just didn't have any confidence in myself. Mm-hmm. And the opportunity came up in May. I wrote like May, June, May, cause it was mental health awareness month, but it was kind of going into June. Um, and that was kind of like the whole, like around that time was like a big uprising with like the Black Lives Matter yes. movement with a, a lot of the protests. But I posted the gray, um, that gray area in September, I think. I think. You have to remind me. I don't know. Yeah, October. <laughs> I was like, I don't remember when I, okay, October. Yeah, okay. Because yeah. that was Suicide Awareness Month. There you go. Yeah, it was Suicide mm-hmm. Awareness Month. And I've noticed in all these suicide conversations they don't talk like it's always focused on those who have completed their suicide attempt or kind of like more of the whole like before part where it's um kind of like okay guys like call this hotline if you need to Mm -hmm. um like it was just very generic Mm -hmm. and I feel like 
there's not that conversation of those who have attempted suicide mm-hmm. and then they're like still alive. And then you're just trying to figure out like, okay, well, how do I move on from this? Like, what am I supposed to do? Yeah. And to me, that is what the gray area is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I just wanted to share some of my experiences and some of the experiences of my friends who've um, kind of been at that point. And then if you've attempted suicide, you're at risk to reattempt you know? Mm-hmm. So for me, it was also kind of like sharing, like explaining resources to not only um, people who are like in those positions, but also for their like loved ones. Mm-hmm. And surprisingly, I've had some people, I have people like reach out and are like, thank you for this. Like I would have never understood. Exactly. Um, so yeah. Yeah. Thank you. I, I think also part of that great area you wrote in that post was the fear of getting help and like how to build yourself up from those suicide attempts and, mm-hmm. and things that like friends and things that friends can say, do or ask you and like reminders for your journey was also what you brought up. Um, and even like going back to the laws that protect people and like school and work that there's just so many things that are intertwined yeah there's going on that you're just like oh my gosh like what do I do about school or what do I do about work or yeah and no one talks about that yeah and And that's the more like scary part yeah yeah I I think in that post as well you brought up support and like things that your friends can say things that people can ask you and stuff um can you kind of just talk more about that because I feel like if someone in our life is going through something, we kind of struggle to find the right things to say or struggle to find ways to support them that's like appropriate and making sure we're not like overstepping something. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I think boundaries is um, definitely something that's so important. It's like, I mean, and like with, I think it's like the worst, like with people who have zero interaction, zero experience. Like I've had Mm -hmm. situations where I've, literally had a panic attack and like I had a roommate that just stood there and it's like I can't blame her because it's something you've never seen before you're kind of just like what and you just or you just don't know what to do and it's like yeah I think that's just educate like educate mental health education or lack thereof I should say and yeah um, 100% because you know some people literally get awkward when someone's crying imagine someone like having a panic attack like some people get awkward crying like some people would just get freaked even more out by saying something like that for sure yeah um but yeah, but for those who are kind of like over that little hump, um, I think the number one thing is just to tell them that you support them and like ask them if there's anything that you can do specifically. Mm-hmm. And honestly, sometimes it's just even like the little things of maybe you didn't straight up ask, but like, like, for example, like maybe they got you your favorite candy bar. <laughs> Not but being like that. I know for me, like if that happened, I would, that would actually kind of put a smile on my face. Yeah. Um, and I think also language is so important. So yeah, you brought that like up. a lot of the cliche is like, oh, it gets better. It's like it just sounds so dismissive or I'm trying to think one of the other ones. You wrote, uh, um, you'll get through this. Yeah. Yeah. Or like you're and stronger than like, this. Yeah, oh, that's the one that pisses me off the most, I feel like. Because it's like, strength has nothing to do with this. This is a fuck. Oh, well, I, yeah, you said I could cuss. This is a fucking <laughs> disease. <Yeah. laughs> this is a fucking disease, man. And I think the worst part is it's lifelong. Like, mm-hmm. and um, recovery is not linear. It yes. has its ups and downs. And 
it sounds like I'm never like I have bipolar like that's never gonna go away there's no way I can like put that into remission like Mm -hmm. that's just what it is and um I can try and find different ways to manage it um but there's some where like some people and like I think that's another distinction also is like you have people that are depressed and like and then you have clinical depression or mm-hmm. like you can have anxiety but then you have like clinical like general anxiety disorder mm-hmm. so I think that's also kind of like um another distinction mm-hmm. um Would but that you... doesn't still diminish what the person that's not like a clinical like you know still doesn't diminish what they experience but yes some people though like they'll have one depressive episode and then they're good you know versus mm-hmm. some people it's chronic like multiple attempts or they're just like stuck in bed and like they, they're just they can't function mm-hmm. I think that's the true thing when you're when you're not being able to function in your day-to-day life that's how you know like okay this is making like a major impact on me yes yeah and then at that point that's when you would classify it as a disorder yeah and yeah. I totally advocate for people I know people are like don't stay away from google yada, yada. but it's like if you don't have any resource like if you don't have the money yeah. and it's like you know, I mean, of course, it's easy to get sensationalized and be like, I mean, because I've definitely been there where it's like, I'll have like, I don't know, my arm will be numb. And I'm like, oh, my God, it's this. And it's like, no, but if, but they have so many kind of like self-diagnostic tools. And if you like see, like, I remember I would always go on Reddit. I just was so fascinated reading about other people's stories. And there's so many people just share their stories. And it's just so helpful. Mm -hmm. Um, They have like these random tests they could just take online and you could see like, oh, are these your symptoms? Mm -hmm. Because if you can match up, it could kind of like help you like bring awareness to yourself in Mm -hmm. a way. Would you be able, um, if you're comfortable to share about your diagnosis with bipolar? Yeah, Yeah. for sure. Um, (laughs) I always have to laugh because... (laughs) Love it, Sophia. I love it. (laughs) I always know, for real. I always have to laugh because it's just like... It's just like, why? Like, I mean, I know why I was never diagnosed sooner. Um, but I went through like this really rough period of time, just beginning of 2017. Like, I was just like constantly, and this is like pre diagnosis, I was just like constantly crying. Like, I would, cr- and I would spend most of my days at work and like versus home or school. So it's like embarrassing. I've been literally like just sobbing at work mm. um, any moment of chance. Um, and then it kind of got to a point going to like later in the fall where I, I was definitely kind of like manic in a way. Cause I was just so, I was very angry and I was just like lashing. Like I would like cuss out customers. Like I oh. was like, yeah, like it, it was, it was bad. I would have ran, like, I remember I asked this person to put this on a shelf cause I was too short and they're like, why can't you do it? Or like, that's your job. Like something like little like that. And I went into a whole panic that like, normally that wouldn't like, that shouldn't cause anything. You know, Mm -hmm. if anything, it's a kind of bitchy remark and you're like, okay. But for some reason I went into like a whole panic attack over it. Yeah. And yeah. And then it was just kind of like, it was getting like real bad. And I remember there was this one time I had this one manager pull me aside and talk Mm -hmm. to me. Mm -hmm. And he was like, just (laughs) because I say he cries so many times. Um, and he was just really sweet and was just like talking to me, just basically being like, Hey, I'm here for you. Mm-hmm. And then I had this other manager that was like, Oh, like, do you go to therapy? And I'm like, No. And she was like really supportive. And she was like, Oh, hey, like, use EAP, which stands for Employee Assistance Program. Mm-hmm. And essentially, what I mean, not all companies, like, I feel like a lot of the big companies um, have this, mm-hmm. but essentially, it's through your insurance plan. Um, and you even technically like don't really need insurance because they give you free sessions 
Mm-hmm. Um, and it's kind of annoying because this is like out of network. And I'm also speaking from like an American perspective. I was going to ask. Yeah. I was going to, yeah. I was like, <laughs> this is like a disclaimer. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, maybe they might have that in Canada too. I don't know. Um, yeah. I don't know either. Yeah. I know we have, yeah. you talked about short-term disability, which um, I'll let you finish, but um, yeah, we have that one here. So I'm assuming if that one is one of our support yeah, things. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. But um, go ahead, Sabria. The employee employee um oh yeah, yeah yeah assistance program so you call them and then you're just like hey like I need a therapist and then they just link you up with whoever oh wow I think you get I mean but like once again like I said it's kind of annoying because it's I was like out of network so it's just what like does that mean okay so yeah so for insurance plans like uh, your insurance has contractors with different doctors Okay. So basically they're like, okay, you can, if you only want to pay, like my copay was like $40. Right. So okay. if I want to pay $40 for every visit, mm-hmm. then that person has to be in network with my insurance. Right. Like okay. in part of their da- database okay. versus let's say like it's someone that's not partnered with my insurance. I would have to pay like $300. Oh, wow. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. So, gotcha. And, and it sucked because I would connect to some of these therapists. Some of my best therapists were through EAP, but I just couldn't afford them. So oh, I would have like yeah. two, three sessions with them yeah. and then nothing, something was better than nothing. And then I was just mm-hmm. kind of like explaining my situation to her. Um, I don't know. I'm banking on her name. She's cool. I think that's kind of like when it was first starting to come up. Um, that was like, yeah, that was like starting kind of like in the fall, I would say maybe like October. Oh, I remember vividly. Hold on. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I was already kind of going through stuff, but like I never did EAP until like, beginning of November mm-hmm. or because I just remembered I kind of had like a meltdown like I um I was in Reno with my friends and then I I guess I'll just say it I took a pill and you know I expected to like dance and stuff and there was I like I have like a, this vivid memory of people saying like oh like she's smiling like it's hitting her and then my next memory is I'm on the ground sobbing because it just like oh. unlocked everything that I like, and like people have talked about, like that's why they have like MDMA therapy and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, how like, just so like a bunch of things that I've repressed I never thought about, like just all came rushing back at me and that just kind of really fucked me up where I'm like, oh my God, I was like, so it's kind of like, I kind of found kind of the reason what mm-hmm. may have like contributed. Cause obviously, yeah, genetics, like I'm just, I that's didn't win the genetic lottery, but also all those external, <laughs> all those external factors definitely played a, um, definitely played a part. And I'm honest, even though I was like sobbing, like I'm honestly so grateful for that experience because it kind of forced me kind of like to go into therapy and like work through these issues and like, yeah. you know, um, and yeah, but I still wasn't diagnosed. And then I, and then I just kind of went through like a bunch of random doctors here and there. Like it was just unorganized. Mm-hmm. And then I, my mental, once again, talking about running away. <laughs> So I remembered I like called out of work. Like I like sent an email on like Friday. I was like, I'm not coming in for my next four shifts. And like, I didn't. <laughs> and that's not okay, obviously. Um, which is why I started talking about like work and stuff. Yeah. And then, cause I was like, okay, I'm going to go back home. Like, I'm going to be happy. Like, I'm going to see home my in friends. Vegas. Yeah. And yeah. then I was like planning a trip to LA. I was going to see Britney Spears and you know how much I love her. Yeah um and but no like it wasn't really like that like I was in LA I was I mean I was kind of like cheery in a way but it's like I was still like really really sad Mm -hmm. and then like on my way back to 
like from LA, I went straight to Britney. I don't have any recollection of that show. Like I, oh. I it's so, I was just, I generally was like, kind of like in a dissociative, I was just not there. Like, mm-hmm. I don't even have videos of me like singing. Like I like, I like went through my Snapchat and there's like only 10 second videos of shows. Like I just really was not like there, there. and like, I have to live through those videos. That's all mm-hmm. I have now. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I just remembered like, I made plans with so many people and I just like, like, I just felt the need to lie. And I feel like that's another thing to do. Like, I feel like, I mean, I think now as a culture, we're starting to understand where you can just say like, hey, like I'm not in a good mood or like, yes. hey, honestly, like I'm I'm really depressed. And but like, I would make up some lie. And I was mm-hmm. just like, oh, like I'm sick <laughs> or like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm like busy. And it's like, no, I'm just depressed. <laughs> and um, yeah, so then I went, so then it was my flight back from Vegas to New York. And even though I was still kind of like miserable in Vegas, in my head, New York just seemed worse. Because mm-hmm. it's like, for me, it was like, okay, this is a getaway. Like I got to get, just like with Reno, I was like, I got to get a, do a quick getaway from like my shitty life in New York mm-hmm. or just the city, shitty situation that I was in. Mm-hmm. And then on the, like when I was in the airport, I just had like this impulsive like reaction where I'm just like, okay, I'm just going to take a bunch of like pills and then I'm going to like on the flight, like before the flight, on the flight, and then I'll like be dead. Yeah, I don't know. It just sounds so fucking irrational, but I was like, okay, this is the plan. Yeah, it makes sense. And then, um, and then I landed legit at JFK. Tw- like I woke up twenty minutes before landing at JFK, and I was like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> I have to laugh. I know this is been a laughing matter, but it's like it's like on the outside looking, it's like what was I thinking? It's like I remember when I was younger, like when I was like sixteen. Technically, that was like I forgot that it even happened. Mm-hmm. I remember like I tried stabbing myself in the stomach, and I just have to laugh because it's hard. Like it's not easy. Like. I was just having all these like irrational delusions and it's just like um what are they getting at yeah I don't know so it just makes me laugh because a lot of at least when I'm in that state I'm just doing a bunch of ridiculous shit and it's like that doesn't even make sense but anyways um I got really I started feeling really really sick I just took a bunch of Tylenols Mm -hmm. I mean they're like the extra strength I didn't even keep track of how many um but yeah I started getting really sick so I just went straight to the hospital Mm-hmm. And I never realized this, but Tylenol fucks up your liver. I don't recall. <laughs> I don't know the reasoning. Yeah. But um, so before I could even like check in or whatever, they had to like put charcoal in my system. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. And then from there, I once again, this is the whole in-network, out-of-network thing. I wanted to check in and just be there. Because like I knew ultimately like I needed medication. Like I just kind of knew at that point, I was like, I like, I was on like a waiting list from some other hospital and like, it just wasn't, uh, it just, none of it was just working. Just nothing was working. Um, actually side note, let me just reverse all the way back pre pre attempt in cause just cause it really pisses me off and I can't wait. Like, maybe this sounds like I'm like bitter, but it's like, I really do feel like this person has not learned this, their lesson. This person has not apologized to me once. Um, but, and this is also connected to like another workplace thing. We had multiple managers, but I had one direct manager who's supposed to manage my career, if that makes sense. I remember I would just always get so uncomfortable with him. He would try, like we had to make hit certain metrics. And like, there was one metric was essentially customer service. And it's mm-hmm. like, mine would always be a hundred. Like people would always fuck with me and like me. Yeah. And then there's like other boring stuff. That's like, oh, how many X did you sell? Mm-hmm. You know, like the more numbers relation. And he keeps telling me like, oh, well, people like you. You just got to use them liking you to sell this stuff and it's I don't know just the way he comes explaining it to me it just 
wasn't I it wasn't clicking and also that was like my I that fall was like I started a new job I started an internship I did crazy hours like I would get there like nine and I lived super far so it'd be like a 40 minute commute and then mm-hmm. I would leave at like seven no like I would eat lunch but I eat lunch at the desk mm-hmm. and then I was still in school it was like so and like new apartment so I was just dealing with a bunch of new changes at once and that definitely didn't help sorry I'm also going back in time this is like 26 I should have done like a, a little timeline but anyways I'm but like going back to that November of 2017 so that's just to show you that like I feel like even those moments I was kind of going through it, but I never, I never put a name to it. I never realized like, you know how we're talking about normal. Yeah. Like I remember yeah. my internship, we had a broken elevator and every day I would just kind of stand in front of it and like, I was like, I just job. And it's like, that's not normal. Mm-hmm. But you just, those thoughts do happen. Sometimes. Yes. Um, and yeah. Anyways, I just remembered there is one time where I did kind of go off at a customer, but it was Loki. Also, obviously I take responsibility on my part, I was like holding it together so good just because I knew like in the back of my mind, I was kind of like on thin ice in a way. Like, I don't know. I just got like this weird vibe um, and I just really wanted to get through the day because I was like, I was so anxious the entire day, but I was like, okay, like I have a half hour left on my shift. Like I got this, mm-hmm. this person comes in, they want to pick up their order yeah. and I look at their ID and it doesn't match the order. Yeah. So essentially I'm, I'm following regulation and he's getting incredibly hostile. Yeah. He just starts cussing at me and I'm like trying to like deescalate the situation and trying exactly. to be like, Hey, like I'm not having like a great day right now. Like, you know, I really did not want to flip out. Yes. And then he was like, I don't give a shit that you're having a bad day. Every time I come in here and yada, yada, yada. And then from there, I like, I was like, okay, let me remove myself from the situation. So I exactly. turned around and I helped another customer. Like I'm trying, I'm honestly, I was really trying my best yes. and I'm trying to like help these other customers and he's still behind me and he, j- I just hear him. He just keeps spewing, spewing all this sort of stuff. I snapped. I like, I just had to have snapped. And mm-hmm. then, um, I remember like my manager, like they're like, let's go take a quick break. And then when I came back to talk to him, he was oh um sorry I just I I'm going like a whole tangent but I feel like this is kind of very important um and he basically was like oh like what are you doing to help yourself like EAP I was like yeah like um I already got started on that I'm seeing a therapist and he was like okay well what else do you need and I'm like really confused I'm like what he was like what else like what else do you need and I felt like mind you like I don't really know anything about like mental health and all this sort of stuff like Mm -hmm. I didn't even know officially like what I was Mm -hmm. and he but he basically was implying medication and um he gave me this link to the hospital like he just sent me this address to the this hospital and was like oh like my wife's been here before Mm. Um, I know a couple other people that's been here before Mm. telling me like I could get medication there and he like and he said this and I guess in hindsight like I would have understood in a way but like then I was already like in a messed up state Mm-hmm. But like, he said, oh, like, make sure you tell someone before you go, because they make you turn off your phone. And in my head, I'm thinking, okay, well, doctor's offices always say like, no cell phones, like, <laughs> turn them off, like silent. So I didn't think much of it, because that was just how I was viewing it. Mm-hmm. And I remembered I went in, and I felt threatened. Like, I felt like if I didn't go follow this advice, that it would come back and bite me on the ass and being like, oh, well, we gave our worker like suggestions, and she didn't take them. Mm. you know so I just felt pressured to do that mm-hmm. um and so I went up there and I'm like talking to the person and I'm like I literally just walk in and I'm like hey like I kind of had a meltdown at work 
your manager told me I could come here to get some medication. And I'm talking like this, like how I'm talking to you, I was talking to them. Mm -hmm. So I was fine. Mm -hmm. And then, um, and I was like, oh, can I use the restroom? And then they're like, oh, we'll take your vitals. And then they're like, yeah, this guy will escort you. But it wasn't to the damn restroom. It was to like the EI psych ward. Mm -hmm. So he sent me to a psych ward without telling me that's what it actually was. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was just fucking traumatizing, dude. Because it's like, I have no idea where I'm going. And there was like this like man that was just very aggressive and stuff. He was like coming towards me. And there was like cops in there. It just was like, it just really caught me off guard. They made me take off all my clothes. They went through all my shit um like I couldn't even have my socks on and I hate the dress it sounds so I sound like like a press but it's like I like that was like I hate my feet on bare floor mm-hmm, that's so fair. like that yeah I don't know that just made me really upset and then I went in the doctor comes in and was like do you like are you like what's wrong with you and I was like oh well this happened at work mm-hmm. and then he was like well like what do you want to do I was like what do you mean he was like do you want to stay the night I was like no I don't want to stay the night I don't I didn't even want to be here I just thought I could come get medication that's when they explained to me that they don't usually do that at the ER, but then they still gave me like a prescription. And then they, you know, like those doctors, they're like, oh, you don't have to go to work. And then I got one of those notes. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they set me up with a social worker there yeah, to help me find like next plans for like medication management and stuff. Um, but yeah, so that kind of goes back to the point where it's like, I was not a risk to myself or to others. I should have never been put in that position at all. And that, that's, that's also another boundary. Like, who are you to tell me that I need medication and that's what I'm missing? It's like, who are, you're not a doctor. Mm-hmm. Like, what? Even when I talk to, like, friends or people who are going through things, I'm like, listen, like, everyone has, like, a different road and a different treatment plan. If one thing doesn't work, then try another. But I would never go to a person and be like, you need medication. Like, but I'd be like, hey, like, this might help. In addition to therapy. Mm-hmm. Um, or you could do this, but it's like, it's also, it's like a scientific thing. I can go in like in a whole world. Then. And then the nice part with the social, social work is that she validated me. Mm-hmm. Like, cause I definitely spoke out about this to HR and like, basically nothing happened. Um, but before that, just talking to her just made me realize like, okay, like I'm not crazy. Like this, this was wrong. This shouldn't have happened to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I never got an apology. I never got any of that. Like I had to switch direct managers. Like it was a whole mess. But anyway, so that was also, that also contributed a big chunk. Cause remember that was like November and then December is like when I went back home. So that was like, it just add, was like another additional moment. And I remember I emailed, texted once and was like, Hey, like I have a therapy appointment. Is it okay if I can leave a bit early? And then he just left me on red and I'm like, mm-hmm. this is your job. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I'm cause you know, they make it seem like I have to whore out my personal life. And I have, I feel like that in, when I had other jobs where it's like, I have to spew all these things just to get like an inch of like sympathy or understanding. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyways, yeah. So then that was like still part of fall 2017, January, 2018. I come back. Um, the hospital's first app that like liquidated my stomach was like, Oh, your insurance, we accept you for medical, but not for like psychiatric health. You have to go to a different hospital. So mm-hmm. then I went to like a different hospital and kind of like going back, um, we talked about like informal, voluntary, involuntary. I was considered right. voluntary because mm-hmm. um, I went in and checked that I basically like I knew like at that point, that's when I knew like I was like, OK, like I haven't tried medication. And I was like, let me try medication that I took when I saw um, the when I was at the ER in the fall, they gave me some like it just didn't work. And that's like another thing. So like you can go to a place, but like if if they don't actually like know the details like they just knew I was like anxious not panic stuff so they just gave me whatever but it's like it doesn't work 
Um, so that's like a whole, also another conversation, but yeah, so I got in there and, um, they said they wanted me to stay for like a week and then I was just like, okay. Um, but if I didn't want to technically after 72 hours, I could like petition to a court to try to leave. But at that point I was just like, I also needed a break, honestly. Like it it was like the one, I mean, I still, it wasn't really a break. Like I remember I like was still focused on like writing scholarship essays and like, I was, um, or like internship applications. I remember I begged for my phone because I was like, I need to pay off my credit card. Like, so technically it wasn't really a rest, but it kind of like gave me kind of a break from the real world in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, I was just, I was just in a different environment. And um, from there, that's basically when I got like my bipolar one diagnosis. Uh, diagnosis yeah. And then anxiety. Mm-hmm. And apparently panic, panic disorders suffer from anxiety disorder, technically, but it's like, oh, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so like, for example, like, I haven't had a panic disorder, like, who knows what, so technically, I don't, like, I'm not, I don't have panic disorder technically right now, because I haven't mm-hmm. had a panic attack in, like, so long. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> Yay, <laughs> right? yeah, that's awesome. And, yeah, and then from there, it's just been ups and downs of different therapists and different psychiatrists, like, I like to make this joke where it's like I ghost all my therapists, but then all my psychiatrists like dump me. <laughs> um, yeah, and that's like also like a whole other thing. But yeah, I think that's sorry. That's like the whole kind of story. No, thank you, Sabria. I think um, like you're so brave of what you had to go through, and I just applaud uh-huh. you. And I'm thankful that you were able to share that story with me because. I can't even imagine how hard it was of like what you went through, but I'm so proud because like you're here right now and you're able to share yeah. it, laugh through it and just like, like learn about who you, you have are. To laugh like I just, it. yeah, thank you. It's man, that, that manager story though, really pissed me off. I will never like, and it's <sighs> frustrating because a lot of people would be like, oh, get over it. And it's like, no, no. you don't understand. Like that was yeah. traumatic. Like people don't get it no. like that. Like, if I'm still talking, this happened, what, 2017? It's, we're in 2021. Like, if the fact mm. that I'm still talking about it means it really, truly fucked me up. Like, yeah. I, like, that's why I have, tr- I mean, I already low had trust issues before, but now I extremely <laughs> have trust issues with, um, like, management and authority and stuff like that. Because, mm-hmm. you know, and that's, like, going back to the whole workplace family thing where it's, like, oh, you can come talk to us for whatever, yada, yada. And it's, like, no. And, mm. like, that's another, like, thing about work is like I know some people who literally do not get promoted because of their mental or even physical health mm-hmm. and I'm like that's really shitty yeah no I feel like a lot of what you talked about though was from also like that Instagram post that you put that's like talking about work and the resources and talking about like um in the other post when you wrote about giving unsolicited advice and like, oh, you should get off your meds or you should take these meds or you should do this when like they're not even a doctor. Like, why? No, literally. Like, it's like you, it's, you know, what? Yeah. And that's what I feel so defensive. Like, yeah, obviously I'm not defending everything that Kanye does. Um, but it's like, you don't know, like, um, like, unless you know what that person's like, you've been in that condition, like you have no yes. right, really. Yes. I mean, even if you've been in that condition, you still don't have a right. But my thing is like, you're coming from a complete outsider perspective. You have no idea. And this also comes to, like with Britney Spears. For me, Britney Spears is now playing on Hulu. Um, <laughs> just have to plug. But like, no, and like, because she, she's also another example where people would just call her crazy and just say all these like negative stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's where I kind of like related to her because it's just like, when you just, there's just so many, like a lot of people honestly just trying to use you 
or they just don't understand and they just try to make you feel like shit or make you feel like you're a hor- horrible person and it's like no you're just going through a really rough time mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't know people just love to just plaster their opinions yep yeah on opinion and they're harmful you. and they don't even if they think they're helping it's like no you're being harmful yeah exactly so Sabria <laughs> um I know in your other posts um you also talked about how racism isn't a mental illness can you kind of touch upon that as well yeah so I know earlier I kind of talked about how if you're part of like an immigrant or particularly like black, Mm -hmm. um, you're, you know, your family is just not going to get it. So that's already kind of like a strife one. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until kind of like around June, like during the black lives matter that it kind of hit me, like all the stuff you see on the news, like every time there's a shooting, every time there's like an arrest and like a death, like that is traumatic. Like that takes a toll on your mental health. Um, and that's also something that's unique to the black experience. So a lot of people wouldn't think like, oh, it's like nothing. But it's like when you see someone that looks like you constantly in these situations, um, it's it just only like contributes to what, whatever you're also kind of going through. Because mm-hmm. even if you don't have any sort of like mental disorder, seeing that is still going to mess you up. Um, and, and just in mental health, like Black people typically get overlooked and they don't get, um, we're not allowed to acknowledge our feelings. Like, especially like, the stereotype was like with black black men specifically it's like okay you can't cry you're not supposed to cry blah 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 and then with Mm -hmm. like black women like if we get loud or try to defend ourselves or speak up then it's like oh she's the angry black woman Mm -hmm. um and it just i don't know it just doesn't get taken into account and the fact that there's not even a lot of black therapists um there it's like just not like that wouldn't even be helpful because there's some honestly Therapists are still people at the end of the day and you still have people are racist. People are just not, even if they're not like, they're not saying the N word, it doesn't mean like the certain things they'll say aren't, um, I can't think from the top of my head, but you know, like covert racism things and where they just kind of start, start dismissing the person. And it's like, people sometimes end up going to see a therapist and then they get more hurt than good because of how shitty the therapist is. And then that discourages yeah. them from even going to find someone yeah Um, and also like sometimes like a black therapist or black psychiatrist will understand from the not only the background your certain experiences that you face as like a black woman or black man or black they or (laughs) non-binary I don't know I said black non-binary person yeah and that kind of correlates to like kind of like the barriers it's like based on kind of like the structure of like America I will say in terms of like wealth and equity typically kind of goes towards like the white people specifically also like white males like I don't know the specific numbers right now but like technically like if I remember there would be so many averages where it's like okay women make this amount of sense less than a man and then when it comes to minority women it keeps getting lower Mm -hmm. um also location um and at this point this kind of apply to everyone if you're in the rural rural Alabama like, how are you going to get a therapist in the middle of nowhere, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and like, I mean, I'm in New York City, so that's great because there's so many free resources out there just because it's such a huge city and there's so many hospitals and so many like organizations. Yeah. Um, and even for me, like some people also, they don't have insurance. Right. Yeah. Um, there, there is state insurance. I don't know much about that, honestly. Um, but even with like my own regular insurance, I would try to call people. So it's like, you're taking the time out to research. You're taking the time out to call. I remember I was like calling so many people like 
I would either like not get a call back or I would get a call back telling me that they're full. Mm. Uh, yeah. Um, and like, that's also another thing. People think therapy is like one big shot and it's like, no, there's different types of therapies. You have cognitive behavioral therapy, you have dialectic behavioral therapy. Um, you have um, family, like internal family systems therapy. And then you have like things like um, EMDR. Group I'm therapy. A- yeah. group therapy and they even have like support groups that are like where you just mm-hmm. kind of go and talk um and that's like another thing and then of course like price so like mm-hmm. back to the whole like in network out of network thing um and you could also i found this out a bit too late but you can petition to your insurance company if there's someone that you want out of network you can petition to like get them in and like i don't oh, know make your case thing okay. yeah i was just I found out through my friend and it was already too late when I found right. out that's what she did, but it's fine. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I don't, ha- I just lost my insurance. And even when I did, I just did not have a good therapist. She was, yeah. it was just like, it just felt like whack. Like, yeah. I don't know how to explain it. And it's like, cause my whole thing is I like when a therapist, I mean, I guess everyone has a different approach, but I like it when they ask me. And I feel like with a lot of people, it's hard to just start opening up and it's hard right. to start talking. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it's kind of like a therapist's job to kind of like probe a little bit or like be like, Hey, is there anything you want to talk about? It's like, Oh, I can't think of anything. Then they could just start asking little questions and that can help getting the response. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think what other barriers. Yeah. And just like financials, like medication costs money. I don't remember the exact number I put in my post of how much I spend every, like over 300 a month. I was going to say, yeah, over 300 a month with just my mental health. That's not even including like if I go to physical therapy, if I go to any other regular doctor's appointments. Yeah. Um, and that's like, when you think that's insane, like that could be money put into savings, you know, like, but it's like, that's what I have to do to function. And not just me, but like multiple people, like that's what they have to do. Mm-hmm. Um, cause it's like, if I, cause I, just cause I know from my experience, like, I don't want to be on medication forever. Like I really don't. Um, but like, I've just noticed the times that I'm not, they just haven't ended well for me and sometimes and it's not like purposely I'll go off it's just like I would have I would forget or I would just like be I mean yeah not gonna lie there is that one point where I was like oh okay I'm like I'm doing yoga now Um, (laughs) I'm doing yoga I don't need to do this (laughs) um but yeah I don't know I think the least the least you could do is just try there's so many new things like now you can do like online therapy yes yeah. um like better help I don't know if they have better help in Canada but in the U.S. Mm-hmm. essentially it's like I think it's like 180 a month and that kind of r- roughly breaks down to like 40 to 50 dollars per week for like a session right okay and which is yeah. kind of like n- normal like for me like with insurance my co-pay is 40 dollars so it's about like five or ten more dollars than like if you do something with insurance mm-hmm. but yeah they don't require insurance you can like write a journal entry and like out- unlimited journal entries and like for your therapist to read but then you get like one 30 minute session a week okay gotcha. um and that's also another thing you need to look into see like okay are they 45 minutes are they an hour are they only 30 minutes like what i found out they did 30 minutes i was like oh I was like, I could never, <laughs> I need the whole hour. <laughs> like, I always make this joke where I was like, like, I think I made this joke to like my therapist. I was like, oh, I wish I could just book you like for a month straight. And just so we can get all of this out and like, we'll fix, like, not fix me, but you know, I'm like, okay, let's figure this all out now. Like, let yes. me book you. 
um personal therapist no literally I need a personal therapist dedicated to me um yeah and there's so many other things but like just because I think also COVID that's also another restriction but telehealth now it's like but that also can help because now technically they're kind of able to take more clients because it's all just face to face yeah oh dang thank you so much Sabria I feel like there people don't realize that there's so many barriers to mental health like yeah. sorry to mental to getting therapy and thank you for like sharing all about the these barriers because it's something to I feel like if maybe you're not experiencing um like uh mental health disorders or, or sorry mental disorders or um like troubles in your own headspace that to really think about what the people around you are going through and the struggles that they're going tr- through and just to be like compassionate for them and yeah show them compassion through, right? is a big like, at thing. the end of the day and right yeah no sorry yeah there's a yeah no you just triggered another one of the things um compassion mm-hmm. and I remember like when I was getting um discharged from the hospital she like wrote two things on a paper I don't remember one of them yeah. But the other one was like compassion. The only reason why that stuck with me seems like every therapist keeps telling that to me. And it's like, damn, I haven't learned this yet, huh? <laughs> um, and kind of like going back to when, you know, when you're leaving that gray space and you're trying to like in that recovery stage, try to figure out, or even before, you know, I think mm-hmm. a lot of times people can self-deprecate and talk shit to themselves and like be negative to themselves. Mm-hmm. And then in my head, I'm just like, I think it's, if you're that person, take a step back and look like, would you say these things to your friend? And if the answer is no, it's like, why would you say these things to yourself? Mm-hmm. And then that really hit me. And I was like, yeah, that's true. Like talk to yourself the way you would talk to a friend. And hopefully you're not an asshole <laughs> mm. and not like, you know, you don't talk to your friends like you're an asshole. Yeah. That was just one thing I did kind of like think is like important to mention. It's like, give yourself breaks. Like anytime you do something little, like getting up and taking a shower or yes. like cleaning your room. And that's yeah. also another thing, like the way friends could help you. Like I've had friends help me clean my room. Mm-hmm. And like, even though that seems like nothing, like that helped tremendously. Like mm-hmm. just cause I, I was just, I felt like I was lost and I could, I didn't know what to do. Like I just couldn't. Mm-hmm. Um, so like friends like that, that are able to kind of like help you out with like little things like that may not just, that may not seem major, but it's like that actually will go a long way. Mm-hmm. And yeah, because I've seen. Oh no, go ahead. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Continue. No, I was just saying. Like, I remember seeing this video on Twitter. Um, I think she posted originally on TikTok, and everyone is just roasting her because I guess her room was so disgusting. disgusting. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I think I, then, I, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, and I think she said like she only picked up like a couple of things, and people were like going in, and it's like you don't like. No, and I remember I had this conversation with my friend. She took like a before and after picture, and it's like when you don't give shit about your own life, it's like, you don't think about picking up the clothes or like picking up the food, like, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And also I think that's another thing is like, when you're going through these, not everyone's going to have the same symptoms and not everyone's going to experience symptoms the same way. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So yeah. yeah, I think it's all, it's ultimately it's a personal journey. Yeah. There's things people oh, yeah. you could share and relate to what, with one another, but ultimately your story is your story. Your journey is your journey. And um, it's just important to have good people surrounding you Mm -hmm. Um, because Mm -hmm. if you can't afford, you know, therapy meds, whatever, like 
a good support system is zero ninety free ninety nine. That's the <laughs> It's free 99. Yes, agreed. A hundred percent like having that support system. And I feel like um, people, people who don't have a good support system or they feel like when they're, they're like stuck at home, say for example, and like maybe their parents aren't saying like, (laughs) or their parents are just being parents, you know, and just saying like these things or something like that. Like they, they, there's a lot of resources online now and I feel like a lot of support groups online that they can find and build that support system for them I know people like use Facebook groups and people now like a lot of people on Instagram are like posting and sharing about their mental um, disorders and just sharing their journeys and experience I feel like um, if you're having trouble finding a safe space that you can go online to maybe find that for sure. Yeah. And people can always talk to me. I don't care. Yeah. Sabria, if you care. can send your link, your um, Instagram, <laughs> Instagram or how to connect <laughs> you. To yeah. Me. yeah. Um, I feel like, I think I mentioned this earlier, like when, how we met, like I'm just a chatterbox. I talk yeah. to anyone, anyone. Um, but if anyone has more questions or if they just need to vent or whatever, like I'm there. Like, I don't, I, if, I don't know. I just feel like that's, the one thing I'm good about, like, I'm good at talking, I'm good about caring about people. So it's just like, it doesn't matter if I don't know you, because eventually you'll be my friend. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> eventually. Um, like, us. yeah, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it's like, and I'll send it, but it's like, ask yeah. Sabria. Yeah. I'll link it down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And we'll definitely um, be linking some sources, um, the resources that you shared about in in this. Um, yeah for sure yeah oh awesome I just want also to real say- quick I do yeah. want to say the whole um so me and Erica we've been referencing my two Instagram posts but Oops. for the gray area um I too. actually post I need to update my link I don't I'll send you the link I don't know if it's in my bio but it's essentially um I ended up writing a long form medium article um going oh. more into depth the the Instagram swipes is just kind of like little bullet points but if you wanted more right. details and stuff I recommend you take a read. It's not that long. Awesome. I'll put that in there too. I'm, I'm going to yeah. take a read of that as well. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. yeah. Um, I just wanted to say, yeah, thank you so much for being a guest. I'm so happy. Uh, to, I'm so excited this. that you invited me. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. You're um, still part two in the future. <laughs> I know. I was telling Sabria earlier that I feel like we have so much more of that to talk about and to like discuss about. Like there's so many important things out there that we need to to chat but yeah so we'll definitely have a part two sometime in the future but yes yeah. happy black um, history month yes <laughs> happy black history month um thank you sabria awesome yeah, of course okay bye. thank you to everyone listening bye, bye.